All right, so I can't remember anymore how long we've been doing Toldos Yaakov Yosef, a couple months, never already a few months, I don't know. So we've been learning uh, the Sefer Toldos Yaakov Yosef. So for the past, I don't know, four weeks or whatever, we've been learning specifically the Sugi of the Tzaddik and the relationship of the Tzaddik uh, to, the, to the Jewish people. Now the truth is, we could continue going on with that. Bechlal, the whole Sefer Toldos Yaakov Yosef, we could continue going on. But I think for now... Let's move on to a different topic, a new uh, fresh start, a new topic in Toldos Yaakov Yosef. This topic maybe take us uh, a few weeks, a couple weeks, you know, we'll see where it goes. And then, I mean, at some point, we're going to have to just decide to go to a new Sefer. So uh, it's, it's endless. We could keep on going to Toldos Yaakov Yosef, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, other Siddiquim are waiting. So uh, we'll be able to uh, move on soon. Okay, so the, the topic that we're going to be discussing now um, I personally think it's interesting. It's one of these small little um, sort of side points of conflict between the Chassidim and the Misnagdim. There's a lot of contention, obviously, between the world of Al-Shanta and the world of Al-Nagayin, about a lot of major issues. But uh, there was a number of issues that were sort of uh, tangential, you know, on the side, not necessarily the major focus point of battle, but... But what's interesting is, is that when you look into some of those little side issues, uh, they're not so side at all. They're, they, from, that, from the vantage point of these small things, you can really get a better picture of Bechlal, what the conflict was really about. So one of the sort of side battles was the following thing. This might not be so familiar to everyone, but um, one of the major points of contention was the concept of saying L'Shem Yichud before you do a mitzvah. Right. So, as we're going to see, the, even, even today, and like Nusach Svart very often you'll find this before mitzvahs, men and women, there's an idea of saying L'Shem Yichud, that I'm about to uh, put on tefillin, tzitzis, Shabbos candles, give tzedakah, whatever the mitzvah might be. And there's a, uh, a Nusach that was established to say, and we'll see that it didn't start by the Chassidim, but the Chassidim promoted this for everyone to say, L'Shem Yichud Kuchabrichu Shechintei, that I'm doing this to unify God's name, the mitzvah that I'm about to do is with the intention of unifying the letters Yudke and Vavke, to unify that full name of Yudke Vavke, the name of Hashem, on behalf of the whole Jewish people, and then you do the mitzvah. Okay? Now, this is a very big point of contention, and you'll, you'll see soon why, but let's just give a little background where this idea is coming from, without knowing what it means yet, but just where is it coming from. So, and, and we'll see the Toldos Yaakov Yosef will explain why this is a major part of the general philosophy of the Baal Shem Tov, or maybe even the core philosophy. So you'll see, Maramaka number one is a, is a Zayar in Parsha Sazriya. Okay, this is really where it's all coming from. Omar Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Lezer said, the kol of de barnash, in all of a person's deeds that a person does, all the mitzvahs that you do, kadisha. A person should always do mitzvahs, every deed, every act that you do, assuming, uh, presumably, it's a good deed, you should do it for Hashem's name, for Hashem's name. My Lishmei Kadisha, what do you mean, says the Zohar, that it should be done to, for Hashem's name or towards Hashem's name? So says the Zohar, Ladkar Shmei Kadisha, it means that you should literally say with your mouth, before you do the mitzvah, uh, you, you should reflect upon Hashem's name. A kol ma'adiyu ovid, that you should verbalize and literally say with your mouth that everything that you're about to do, that everything I'm doing is for the service of Hashem and for Hashem's name. And by doing so, says the Zayar, it's a skula, it's a protection that the evil one, the other side, the side of the Yitzhara, shouldn't get involved in the mitzvah, that it should remain pure and holy. Before you do it, you should say verbally that I'm doing this uh, for the sake of Hashem's name. Now, the Zohar doesn't explain exactly what, what, what specifically to say, or, and doesn't explain really why saying this protects from the evil side, and, what, and, and the truth is, if you think about it, like what type of, uh, what are we really worried about when you're doing a mitzvah that the sudden the Yitzhah should get involved? Like, what exactly does that mean? So it's still, it's still very vague. In Marmokka number two, Darizal, in Shah Kaidish, and again, this is something that we've been seeing throughout the entire Limud of Talat Yaakov Yosef, is that, what, what, what the Baal Shem Tov came to do was take ideas from that Rizal and really expand it and, and show how universal the ideas are. So the Rechaim Vital, the Rizal in Shah Ruch HaKadosh, 
on Daftesim Abayz, based on this Zari that we just read, writes the following thing. The Kaidim, and, and he like sort of formulates it a little bit more specific and clear from the Zari. The Kaidim Sha'adam Yasa is a mitzvah. The Rizal said that before a person does any mitzvah, like tzedakah or tzedakah in particular, but any mitzvah that a person does, Yoimar, you should say the following thing. That liyachta shmei kadisha, the kuchabrichu shchente. That I'm doing this to unify the name of Hashem. And now he explains a little bit more. The dechilu urechimu urechimu dechilu with love and fear and fear and love, and that's what I'm 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 doing. The shame kol Yisrael in the name of the whole Jewish people. The yichavin lechaber shem yudke shein dechilu urechimu imvavke. And the person should have in mind, and you should verbalize that I'm unifying the letters Yud-K, which correspond to the love and fear that I'm feeling when I'm doing the mitzvah, with Vav-K, which is the, the act of the mitzvah itself. Now, again, the result over here is still a little bit vague in terms of the formula and what exactly does that mean. The details of what exactly the L'Shem Yichud is and what you're saying and what you mean, Bez Hashem, next week we'll investigate more, but just a little bit basic, a little bit basic. Again, what we're seeing... From again, the, the formula is something along the following lines: that I'm doing the mitzvah tzedakah, whatever the case may be. I'm doing the mitzvah in order to unify Hashem's name. In other words, it's it, what what you're basically saying is that before I do the mitzvah, Hashem's name is somehow split in two. Right? Yudke is somewhere over here. Vavke is somewhere over there. And when I'm doing the mitzvah, my intention is not just to do the mitzvah, my intention is to do it in a way that unifies Yudke and Vavke. What does that mean? What exactly does that feel like? So this is where the result explains that there are four components. This is what we're going to see more about this next week. So this, this is sort of just in parentheses right now. We'll talk about it more next week. But there are four components to the mitzvah that you do. There is the emotional component of what you're feeling. And there's the practical component of what you're doing, okay? Yudke and Vavke correspond to those two components. Yudke, the letters Yudke of Hashem's name, correspond, and the way you are connecting to the letters Yudke in your mitzvah is love and fear. Love and fear. Uh, Yud would be fear, Yiras Hashem, and the letter He would be Ahava, loving of Hashem. That's so again. That's Yud. That's Yiras Hashem. Hey is a Havas Hashem. The Vav of Hashem's name is the the Torah, the Torah that is involved in guiding you to perform the mitzvah properly. In other words, before you do a mitzvah, you know we think of it as like two different worlds, right? You're doing a mitzvah, and then there is Torah study. But if you think about it, they're unified one with another, right? Because you can't if you're doing a mitzvah. Obviously, at the same time, you're sort of conscious about how to perform it properly. Right? So there's always Torah sort of involved in every time you do a mitzvah. And that's the Vav of Hashem's name, the Torah aspect, the, the, the halachic guidance that you're following when you're doing the mitzvah. And the final hey is the act of the mitzvah itself. So Yud Kei Vav Kei, in terms of the mitzvah that you're doing, these are the two components. Yud Kei is the, the fear and the love that you're feeling involved in the mitzvah. Vav, that's the Yud and the K. The Vav is the Torah that's guiding you to perform the mitzvah properly. And He is the actual mitzvah itself. So this is the idea. When you perform the mitzvah, this is what the L'Shem Yichud is, again, from the Zayar and the Rizal is telling us, L'Shem Yichud I'm doing this mitzvah with the intention that as I'm doing it, I'm also trying to spiritually construct a Yud K Vav K structure. How so? that I'm, I'm doing this with love and fear, with fear and love, that's Yud K, and I'm trying to do this properly according to Halacha, that's the Vav, and I'm actually going to do it, that's the He. And by doing so, I'm unifying Yud K Vav K, in a full unity, on behalf of the Jewish people, as a member of the Jewish people. Ah. And now the mitzvah is now redefined as instead of it just being an act of a mitzvah, which is beautiful, it's now a construct of Yud Kevavke. That's the that's from the, the Zarya Nari. Yeah. Without saying that the Yud Kevavke are separate when you perform the mitzvah? It sounds like well well that's what we're gonna see more about does next that, week. Does that mean that the mitzvah is not done in complete shlemus? So it means it means that a mit- <clears throat> we're gonna see this more more specifically next week, but it does seem that a mitzvah that's done without love and fear 
without a Havas Hashem and Hashem, it's missing Yudke. It's missing Yudke. That's the indication. So when you say L'Shem Yichud, obviously it's saying the words, but it's also trying to evoke love and fear. And by doing so, that's a Yudke Vavke. That's the, that's the, the Zoyer and that's the Ari. So this idea of saying L'Shem Yichud goes way back. It goes way back. This was not an invention of, of the... Um, of the Chassidim. And the truth is, again, we're going to speak about this more next week in the Rashash, who was one of the great Tzvarthish Mukubalim. So he really developed. See, you, you, so you see already that the Zoyar was very vague in terms of what to say and what it means. The Rizal was a little bit more specific, but it's still not uh, like standardized, it's still not uh, structured yet. That's where the Rashash comes in to really solidify the Nusach of L'Shem Yichud. And that becomes the nusach that all the Mekubalim go with. So next week, Be'ez Hashem will investigate that a little bit more in terms of the Rashash and what that means in Avodah Hashem. But, so again, as I said, this concept of saying L'Shem Yichud, it, it, was, it was always by the Mekubalim. The Chiddush of the Val Shem Tov was is that every Jew should say this. That every Jew should say this. It should be public knowledge and public awareness and everyone should do this. Okay. Now this was a point of contention that the Mesnagdim did not like. Okay. Now, the truth is, we'll, we'll see in a second what the Hisnag is, what the opposition was about, but if you probably, you know, listed all the uh, issues between Chassidim and Hisnagdim, this is on the list, it's, it's, pro- it's somewhat of a famous point, but it's not like, you wouldn't say necessarily it's like, uh, you know, the main issue, but we're going to see that this, it really does touch the main issue uh, of, of, of the difference between the two worlds. Take a look at Marmok number three. This is a, a very famous tshuva, from the Noi Debi Yehuda. It's a part of a tshuva. It's in Shal's tshuva's Noi Debi Yehuda, Madurakama Yerdeya Tzadi Gimel. So over here, the Noi Debi Yehuda, who was one of the great Paiskim, the, the Rav of Prague, a great Paisik, at the time of Baal Shem Tev, but a very, very big misnagid against the Baal Shem Tev. And he was talking about, the, the que- part of the question he was asked was this idea, should the average person that's not a Mekubal say L'Shem Yichud before you do a mitzvah, which is what the Chassidim were doing. So he says like this, Uladaiti, the Nadi Buddha says, according, if you're asking me, my opinion is, this is a, a, a symptom of a deep sickness that's in the generation. It's, it's a symptom of a sickness. Now what? And he says like this, the earlier generations, he says, that people didn't know this nusach of the Shem Yichud. Yeah, by Mekubal and whatever, but the average person didn't know it. It was never said. And they would spend their lives learning Torah and keeping mitzvahs. And they kept Torah, which was guided by the Paiskim, and they kept the halacha properly, and that's it. They didn't have to look for extra things to say and mystical zachim. They, they kept the Torah, they kept the mitzvahs, that's it. And they kept mitzvahs and through the, through the Paiskim, you know, through the halachic authorities, whose words came from the source of living waters, Yama Talmud, the waters of Talmud, of, of halacha. And there was, everything was fine, and there was nothing missing. Avodarenu hazeh. So says the Navi of our generation again in the 1700s. Ki azvu es taras Hashem. People have begun to abandon the Torah Hashem. Umakar ma'im chaim in the source of living waters. Shnei talmudim the Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi. Lachsem baris nishbarim. Instead of going, instead of drawing waters from a healthy source, now they're drawing waters from uh, broken wells and uh, impure sources. And everyone is now full of uh, haughtiness and gaiva. Uh, and everyone says, I'm a prophet. Right? Everyone says they're the Mekubal. And to me, the gates of, of heaven are opened. And I'm the one that's sustaining the whole world with my deep avaydas. These are the people that are destroying the generation. And regarding this orphaned generation without proper leadership, I say the following paraphrase in the Pasuk, it's a famous line, Yisharm Dark Hashem, the ways of, of Hashem are, are, are straight, but Tzadikim Yelchobam, Tzadikim go with them in the right way, the Chassidim Yikashlobam, and Chassidim mess themselves up in that way. So that's what, uh, that's what the Nadi writes, a famous line, Tzadikim Yelchobam, the Chassidim Yikashlobam. That's the Nadi So the Nadi was very much against saying L'Shem Yichud. Now again, you have to appreciate this. The Neid Yudah himself was a big Mekobo. And the Neid Yudah, we have other Svarim, for example, that, that talk about the concept of L'Shem Yichud that the Neid Yudah gave Haskamas on. So it's not like he's against the concept of L'Shem Yichud. We, it's in the Zayar, it's in the Kisveri, it's by the Mekobo. The opposition of the Neid Yudah was that this is not for the average person. 
This is the special meditative kavana that was by the Mekubalim. And it, re- it should remain there. And once you start introducing these ideas to the average person, all of a sudden the average person thinks that they're this uh, prophet and you know, a deep uh, meditative Kabbalist. And, and uh, that, that, that's not, it's, it's not true. And uh, it's an unhealthy way of thinking of yourself. And, and says the Nadibu, there's nothing wrong with how your grandparents kept mitzvahs. They kept mitzvahs. They did mitzvahs. Finished. You didn't have to come up with fancy Kabbalistic things to think about, to fake themselves, to pretend as if they know what they're doing. You do your mitzvahs. What do you need the Yichud for? Okay. Again, and the Nadibu was a very, very, very big paisek. He writes this tshuva. It created a huge stir in Europe. And so you would think, you know, it's interesting. You would think that, like, if it's not a major point, then okay, fine, you, know, you have to pick your battles. You know what I'm saying? So the Hasidim, uh, they're already, they're already the, the, you know, the, the, they're starting the problem. Like they're new and they're the little, little group uh, you know, uh, that, have, that are being threatened of being mamish wiped out, you know, in terms of uh, philosophically speaking. So you would think, like if I was them, like okay, you have to pick your battles. So you, you have to make the list of all the things that you want to push your, on your agenda. And, and, and you want to, and, and if you're finding such strong opposition against you, then okay, then, then pick the ones that are the most important. And the Chassidim did not back down against this point of L'Shem Yichud. L'Shem Yichud, everyone has to say L'Shem Yichud. So the question is why? Well, I said, the is making a good point that it's a Kabbalistic idea. What does it have to do with the average person? So, so again, as I said, the, the entire path of the Balshantiv is showing how teachings from the Rizal are for everyone. And it's, it's, it's expanding the territory of the Kisveri, how these ideas, they manifest and they, they relate themselves in practical ways that every Yid is able to connect to. So, and we're going to see that this Inyad L'Shem Yichud is a very vital one. Okay, so it's like this. We have to explain, what is this idea? Let's go back. The very idea of turning a mitzvah into Yud Kevavke, right? That's what the L'Shem Yichud is really about. You're figuring out a way how to turn your mitzvah into Hashem, into Yud Kevavke. That again, the Yud is the Yer Hashem that you're feeling when you do the mitzvah. Hey, is the Havas Hashem that you're feeling during the mitzvah. Vav is the halacha that's guiding you to do the mitzvah properly. And the Hey is the physical act itself. And not, so now the mitzvah is now redefined, you could reconstruct it as a spiritual Yud Kevavke. It sounds very lofty, but like, why is that so important? Okay, so take a look at Maramukha number four. We're going to see now a piece from the Tolos Yaakov Yosef in uh, the introduction, actually, to his Sefer. And it's based on a Gemara Nida. Okay, so take a look at this. Mar number four is a Gemara Nida on Samach Aleph and Mebez. The Gemara says the following halacha. Ton Rabbanon. The rabbis taught Beged, Sha'avad Bakilaim. Let's say you have a, uh, a robe or a piece of clothing, an article of clothing, that Klayim, wool and linen, is mixed up in there. So, no, so that's not a big deal. If you have a shirt or a jacket, whatever it is, that it's made of wool and there's a little thing of linen, so you take the linen out and finish, like you could fix it. The problem is, let's say you have a baggage, you have a piece of clothing, she'avad bakilayim. You, you know that there's klein, the shotten is in it, but you don't know where the string of linen is. So the halach is, lo yimkar The halach is, obviously a Jew can't wear it because there's shotten is there. So says the Gemara, maybe you could sell the article of clothing to a guy, because guy could wear shotten is. Says the, the Gemara, no, you're not allowed to sell to a guy because we're concerned, maybe the guy will sell it eventually to a yid. So we, we want to get it out of uh, circulation. So what do you do? So you could just like throw it out, but that's also uh, a waste. So there is something you could do with it. You could use it as shrouds for a person that it was nifter, right? The person's buried with tachrichim, with uh, shrouds. So if this garment can be used for tachrichim, that's fine. There's no problem with a dead person wearing shanas. They're not, you know, the person's dead, so there's not, you know... They're not doing an avir, they're not obligated to mitzvahs. That's the, the b'ayis, that's the gemara. Om Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says that we see from this the following idea. Zoyse Meres, we see from here, mitzvahs betelis l'asad lava. That when tchiyas amesim comes, you're not going to have to keep mitzvahs. Right? Because, in other words, what's Rav Yosef pointing out? He says, one second, right now the guy's dead. So I understand, right now there's no issue of shadness. But you believe in tchiyas amesim, he's going to come back to life, and then he's going to be alive, wearing shanas. So then that, that should be a problem then. So says Rav Yosef, if we're not concerned about that, why not? So it must be that after Tchiyas and Mesim, you won't have to keep mitzvahs. When Mashiach comes, you'll, we'll have to keep mitzvahs. When Mashiach comes, all the mitzvahs will come back. But when a person, after the Tchiyas and Mesim, the resurrection of the dead, 
Says Rav Yosef, receive mir, you're not going to have to keep mitzvahs. And that's why you could put the, you could clothe the dead body in shanas because right now he's dead, so it's no problem. When it come back, comes back to life, also won't be a problem because by that point you won't have to keep mitzvahs. That's the Gemara. So the Tolis Yaakov Yosef is bothered with the following idea. How is that possible? How is that possible? Mitzvahs, we know, are the wisdom of Hashem. It's the chacham of Hashem. It's the desire. It's the rutz in Hashem. That's what mitzvahs are. If God is forever, if God is forever and Torah is forever, how could mitzvahs, how could mitzvahs be not forever? Like, concept, philosophically speaking, how could mitzvahs be bottled? How is that possible? And, and the Toldus also deals with, you know, once he, once he asked that question of if mitzvahs are an expression of God in this world, and if God is forever, mitzvahs should be forever. And so the, the question is, so how can mitzvahs end by tchias amesim? Then the Toldus says, well, if, if I'm thinking about it, the truth is I could ask another question along the same lines of how is it possible that there are many mitzvahs that we don't have now, right? Because again, if God is forever, mitzvahs should be forever, and that and forever means every single moment. So, and right now, most of Targum Mitzvahs, most of the 613, we can't keep because we don't have a base in Migdash. So that's also a problem, philosophically speaking. How could it be such a thing that Mitzvahs aren't forever? And he says, the truth is, and now I'm thinking about it, says it all this, I could ask another question. Even Mitzvahs that do exist now, they don't exist for everyone, right? If a person's a Kohen, then he has mitzvahs. If a person's a Yisrael, he doesn't have Kohen mitzvahs. Man, woman, everyone has different, different mitzvahs that we're able to do. And so, again, if God is for everyone, that means mitzvahs that are the expression of God in this world also should be for everyone. So this is the question he's dealing with. So what, what the Toldos is going to explain is that there are two sides to a mitzvah. There is the physical side of the mitzvah, and there's the spiritual side of the mitzvah. And the physical side of the mitzvah could have its limitations. It could exist for some, not for others, certain time frames. But the spiritual side of the mitzvah, that is always forever. So we'll see how he formulates it. Okay, take a look at Marmok number five. Also, Taldas Yaakov Yosef in the introduction. Venir Ali Lefarish. So he gives a bunch of uh, interesting introductions to sort of explain this. The Isis mitzvah, if you take a look at the word mitzvah itself, Mem Tzadi Vav Hey. So he says uh, an observation that we find in this farm. The truth is the word mitzvah itself are the same letters as yudke vavke. The final two letters of the word mitzvah, vavke, that's the final two letters of yudke vavke. Rakbez oisius rishonis, the first two letters, mem tzadi, who behelam is really yudke, just hidden. atbash. We know one of the ways of dealing with gematrias is that you could, uh, letters can, can sort of hide behind each other. Uh, an aleph could be hiding behind a tuf. You could be replacing with a tuf, bays with a shin, atbash. So if you're using the formulation of atbash, a yud becomes switched with a mem, and hey becomes switched with a tzadi. Right? The first and last letter, second, second, second to last, and so on and so forth. In other words, the way to think of it conceptually is that the word mitzvah is really yudke vavke, with the first two letters yudke hiding and being covered by mem and tzadi. That's how you conceptualize it. So what, what is the significance of that? So he says, again, let's just see. Nearly the first, mitzvah, the letters of mitzvah, who oisis yudke vavke, are really the letters yudke vavke. But just the first two letters of Yudke Vavke, who behelam, are concealed by the exchange of the system of Atbash. And the Yudke is being turned or covered over and hidden by Mem Tzadi. By the way, and this is the deeper meaning, or at least the beginning of understanding, the significance of L'Shem Yichud, right? But when you're turning a mitzvah into Yudke Vavke, you're not turning it into something it wasn't. What you're doing is uncovering what was behind the first two letters anyway. We'll, he'll explain. Vatam nearly. So let's explain. Miloshana Pasak. It's actually a Pasik in this expression. So the Pasik says, I think this expression, yeah. Zesh Right? So Hashem reveals himself to Maisha Benu by the burning bush. And Hashem says to Maisha Benu, This is my name my this is my name forever, and this is how I should be called from generation to generation. The Darshu Chazal. So Chazal say that this Pasik is telling you 
a, a number of things. The Pasuk, first of all, is telling us that there's a name of Hashem, which, again, Zeshmi La'olam, Chazal interpret to mean Zeshmi La'olam, that there's a name that I have, says Hashem, that's hidden, that should be hidden. And there's my name that should be mentioned, generation to generation. So we know, generally speaking, the meaning of that is, is that, as Chazal say, that the way uh, my name is written, which is Yudke Vavke, you don't pronounce it, right? We don't pronounce Yudke Vavke. We exchange it, we pronounce it Adnai, right? And Chazal make a point that in this world, we don't say Yudke Vavke. We only say Adnai. In the next world, in Olam Haba, then we'll be able to say, we'll know Hashem with the letters Yudke Vavke. So generally speaking, Yudke Vavke is the hidden name that does not really fit the Olam Haza, it's more Olam Haba, and Adnai is its replacement. But we do have another statement of Chazal that sort of make the, make, show these two sides of the hidden name and a revealed name within Yudke Vavke. And the way it's as follows. If you, there's a little gematries over here. If you take the word Shmi, Zesh Shmi Lalam, this is my name that's hidden. If you take the word Shmi and you add the letters Yudke to it, that equals 365 corresponding to the 365 negative mitzvahs, loisases. If you take the word zichri and add vavke, it equals 248, which corresponds to 248 positive mitzvahs. In other words, what Chazal are telling us is the following idea, is that even within the name Yudke Vavke, there's a part of Yudke Vavke which is what's called the revealed part of the divine name, and then there's a part of Yudke Vavke which is a hidden part of a divine name. The revealed part of Hashem's name is Vavke. The hidden part of Hashem's name is the Yudke. And this corresponds to mitzvah asay versus mitzvah loisase. When you're doing a positive mitzvah, you feel like you're doing something. Like when a person does a mitzvah, that's when you feel like you're accomplishing something. That's the, that, that, therefore, positive mitzvahs where it's like tangible. Right? You're doing something tangible, you can sort of feel, even emotionally, you could feel like you're doing something, that corresponds to the revealed part of Hashem's name, Vavke, which is why, again, Zichri, this is my name that you can mention, the revealed part of my name. The word Zichri plus Vavke equals 248, which is a positive mitzvah. When you're doing a loisase, what does it feel like you're doing? Nothing. You're just not doing something wrong. The re- the re- it feels like that, but the truth is what you're connecting to by fulfilling negative mitzvahs, by not doing an Avera, is in fact you're connecting yourself to the hidden part of Hashem's name. And that's why it doesn't feel like anything, because it's hidden by nature. It's actually deeper than positive mitzvahs. The word Shmi, Zesh Shmi Lalam, this is my name that's hidden. The word Shmi plus Yudke equals 365, corresponds to 365 negative mitzvahs. And this is why by the Mukubalim, We'll talk about this maybe as Hashem in the coming weeks. By the Mukubalim, uh, even though every mitzvah is sort of Yudke Vavke, as we'll see, that's more that's when you when you're doing any particular mitzvah. But when you take a step back and you just look at Tariag mitzvahs in general, positive mitzvahs are going to be Vavke, and negative mitzvahs are going to be Yudke. Again, every mitzvah in particular, when you zoom in, every mitzvah could be a Yudke Vavke. That's what L'shem Yichud is talking about. But when you zoom out, positive mitzvahs, which are the tangible side of Yiddishkeit, the tangible things that you're doing, that you feel accomplished, that's the Vavke of Hashem's name. And negative mitzvahs say, which doesn't feel like you're doing anything, it's not because you're not doing anything, it's because you're connecting yourself at that moment to the hidden part of God's name, which is so hidden, it's, it's deeper than anything you can feel. And that's the loisases of Tyra. So, again, break, in other words, what we're seeing from all of this is that the Taldas Yaakov Yosef, his point is the following. Vavke corresponds to an element of godliness which is revealed, which is tangible, and Yudke corresponds to the intangible, the mysterious, the hidden, the soul, something that's more, that, that's intangible. That's Yudke and Vavke. So he says as follows. Again, Vatam Nirli, second line. Vatam Nirli, to explain why, again, going back to the word mitzvah, right? So again, the word mitzvah, the Vavke is, is revealed. You see the letters of Vavke in the word mitzvah, but you don't see the letters Yudke in the word mitzvah. Why? Because again, that's the nature of Yudke. Yudke is hidden. That's the hidden part of God's name. Vavke is the revealed part. So when you see a mitzvah, what you only see is the Vavke. What you see is the tangible. 
the tangible. I see the Lul Vinesrik. I see the Shabbos candles. I see the quarter that I'm giving to Tzedakah. That's what I see. What you don't see is a whole universe of spiritual power that's behind the scenes of that act. That's Yudke. So what you see is Vavke. What you don't see is Yudke. The Yudke is hidden behind the letters Mem Tzadi. The idea of L'Shem Yichud is to uncover those first two letters, is to realize and to bring to the forefront of your mind that what you're doing is not purely a physical act. What you're doing is something that's, that's, that's actually mostly spiritual with a little physicality to it. That's what L'Shem Yichud is about, as we'll see. And this is why, as we'll see, L'Shem Yichud gets to the core of what Hasidus is about, which is about orienting, orienting ourselves to see Yiddishkeit from the spiritual root of Yiddishkeit and not get lost in the physicality of it. So L'Shem Yichud is mamish all about that, to try to reveal the Yudke behind every mitzvah. All right, so let's see what he says again. <laughs> we can explain all of this based on the Pasuk. This is my name. This is the hidden part of my name. And this is the revealed part of my name. And Chazal explain. Shemi, the hidden part of my name, means Shmi im Yudke, that's Shasa, the 365, that's the negative mitzvahs. Zichri im Vavke is Ramach, Hare. We see from all of this, the Koi Shemi Albez Isis Harishinus. The hidden part of Hashem's name corresponds to the first two letters of Yudke. The Chen Kosov Harizal. And this is in fact what we find in the Kisvi Ari. Al Pasak. There's a difficult Pasak. The Pasak says, Ki Bako Havayatsura Lamim. That Hashem the Hashem, who is in this Pasak is Ka Hashem. There's, there's a name of Hashem which is called Ka, right? And there's Yudke Vavke. Ka Hashem Tsuri Lam, Hashem created the world. But the Pasak is interpreted to mean the following thing. That Hashem created the world through the letters of Yud K, meaning that Yud K is like the soul in that name Yud Kevavke. So Yud Kevavke is sort of a body and soul relationship, hidden and revealed, spiritual and physical. Yud K would be the spiritual, Vavke would be the physical. This is why when you initially come in contact with a mitzvah, you don't see the yudke, because that's true of everything in this world. Everything in this world you come in contact with, you only see the physical. All you see is the vavke. You don't see the yudke. Your job as a Jew, though, is to uncover the yudke and to orient yourself from seeing things from the yudke perspective. That's what your job is. But the vavke, which is the name of Hashem, which is the evident one, the more obvious one, that you can say, that you see. This is why the first two letters of yudke in the word mitzvah is concealed behind the letters mem and tzadi. That's what a mitzvah is. Now he says and he explains. And therefore, with every mitzvah that you do, nigla v'nister. There's a revealed part of what the mitzvah is, and there's the hidden part of what the mitzvah is. Says the Taldus, and I explained this idea based on a pasuk. The pasuk says, we say this every day in davening, that Yiddishkeit is a, is a chayk for the Jewish people. Mishpat l'keyakiv, it's a mishpat for the Jewish people. So Torah is being described as a chayk and as a mishpat. Chayk is being described for Yisrael. Mishpat is being described for Yaakov. What does that mean? Ki mishpat, the word mishpat, hu tam nemusi v'nigla. Mishpat always is a word that describes something that makes sense. Uh, Laws that the government comes up with are supposed to be mishpatim. It's supposed to be logical. And that's why people believe in them and follow them, because they're logical. That's mishpat. Mashenkin chayk, what does a chayk mean? Chayk hu soidi. Chayk means something that we don't understand, something that you, that's coming from a place that the human mind cannot comprehend. Hanister shel mitzvah, that's the hidden part of the mitzvah. So the Pasuk is saying, ki chayk li that every mitzvah has a side of it which is called a chayk, and the chayk, the hidden part of the mitzvah, the spiritual underpinnings, the, the the, the ruchnius of the mitzvah, that relates to the part of the Jew that's the ruchni part of the Jew, that's called Yisrael, li roish, that's Yisrael. Mishpat, and there's a revealed, hidden, uh, uh, more down-to-earth human part of the mitzvah, that's l'ke Yaakov, that's to, the, that's to the Jewish people, that's called Yaakov. And he says, v'zen nirali, now, that's, this is all step one, okay? Step two, v'zen nirali, says the Taldus, and based on this, let's explain. We know that Adam and Chava, before the sin, it says in Pasuk, they, did not, they were not wearing clothing, right? They were arumim, but they were not embarrassed. And then, because of the sin, they wore clothing. What does that mean? So he says like this. 
It says in Pasuk, the Machava were both undressed and they were not embarrassed. But after the sin, the Yalvishum, the Rabbanishalom clothed them. So he explains what that means. Let's say Adam and Chava never sinned. So would they have Tyra? Was Tyra only given to us post sin? Like what was the plan? Said the Taldis. If Adam and Chava never sinned, of course they would have kept the Torah. The Torah is, the Torah is forever. The Torah is for all situations. Even if Adam would not have sinned. But how would they have kept the Torah mitzvahs? What aspect of mitzvahs and, 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 and Torah would they have been connected to? The Ganeidin. They would have kept the Torah mitzvahs in Ganeidin. They would have only... They, Adam and Chava would have kept all the mitzvahs that we have. But they would have only connect, kept them from their Ruchnia side. The Adam and Chava would have been just sitting and meditating on divine names and floating, their neshamas would be floating in the higher world and they would be involved in mitzvahs in what mitzvahs mean in the highest levels. They wouldn't necessarily have physically the physical mitzvahs, it would just be the spiritual side of mitzvahs. That's what it means that they were unclothed. The unclothing of Adam and Chava doesn't just mean physically, it means that was their world. Their world was, was Yudke without clothing on it. It wasn't covered over with Mem Tzadi. It wasn't Mitzvah, it was just Yudke Vavke. That, that was how they engaged. Post-sin, as a result of the sin, so we're still doing Mitzvahs on a spiritual level, but we don't know it. We now, Adam and Chava are clothed, they're clothed, our mitzvahs are clothed. And instead of seeing Yudke Vavke, we see mitzvah. Right? And so therefore there's now a very strong uh, possibility of a Jew falling into the mistake of thinking that all you're doing and all you're involved in is something physical. Without remembering at all that there's a Yudke behind the scenes. With Adam and Chava before the sin, the, the Yudke was so strong that it almost overwhelmed the Vavke. The, the physical aspect of the mitzvahs that maybe Adam and Chava would have been involved in would have been completely secondary in relation to the spiritual in, uh, activity that the mitzvah w- was, was uh, contained. After the sin, you have the opposite. We're involved so much in the physical side that the spiritual side of the mitzvah is almost an afterthought. And so, Sezah told us like this, after the sin, they became physical and the mitzvahs became physical. And now we're performing mitzvahs physically. And at the same time, a person also is performing the mitzvah on a spiritual level based on their thoughts of love and fear and so on. But that's the hidden side of the mitzvah. And again, this is all hinted in the word mitzvah. The vavke is revealed and the yudke is hidden behind mem tzadi. And that's why even, um, even the word mem tzadi, if you isolate the word mem tzadi, comes the word mutz, which means to squeeze. If you have like a, uh, like mitz uh, in Hebrew, mitz tapuzim, mitz tapuchim means apple juice or orange juice, right? So mitz always means uh, something that's there, but you got to squeeze it out, right? So uh, the word, the mem tzadi is itself telling you, squeeze, there's something here, there's a yudke that you have to squeeze out of it, and that's the tamsis, that's the essence of what it is, right? That's what's going on. Now, Sevet told this, this phenomenon that we're stuck right now with only seeing the physical and the hidden is completely, you know, uh, unknown to us, that's only now. Ula Asid, when Mashiach comes and Tchiyas Mason will take place, the Ishtalu Milavushan, the clothing will be taken away and will return to that state of Adam Chava before the sin. And the mitzvahs won't, will, will no longer be concealed and will be able to perform them and engage in them with the way that they always were. The Enikra Havaya Biksivasai, and we'll be able to call Hashem by the full name Yudkevavke. And by calling Hashem Yudkevavke, that's reflective of the fact that all of our mitzvahs will be revealed as Yudkevavke. So that's what's going on. In other words, mitzvahs will never go away. What, 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 when Rav Yosef said that after Tchiyas Mesim, you're not going to have to worry about Shadnes, it doesn't mean the mitzvah of Shadnes is gone. It means that when Tchiyas Mason takes place and the clothing will be taken away and will return collectively to Adam and Chava before the sin, it means that Shadnes will, will not be about a physical garment anymore. You'll be, you'll be connecting to what Shadnes means spiritually. 
And whatever that inyan of loisase shan is, is about, right now it's, it's, become, it's, it's become tangible by wool and linen. On the highest levels, though, it's nothing about wool and linen physically. It's what wool and linen means in the higher world. That is always forever. And that's, what the, that's the change between before Tchiyas and after Tchiyas and It's going back to Adam and Chava, where the mitzvahs are now going to take off their clothing and you'll be able to keep them in their purest form. And the physical side of the mitzvah will become completely irrelevant at that point. That's what's going on. And that's the same thing, says the Toldis, that's what's going on nowadays too. If you have a mitzvah that you can't fulfill nowadays, it's not the shot that, you know, the mitzvah doesn't exist. It means that you that it means that the only way to connect to that mitzvah is through the spiritual side of it. So when you learn about um, I don't know if you're a Yisrael like me and you learn and you and you want and you have to fulfill the mitzvah of Birchas Kahanim. For the, we have this idea in the Kisveri, maybe we could talk about this at some point that for every neshama to be complete, for it to be full, it has to fulfill every mitzvah. I'm a Yisrael. I can't do Birchas Kahanim. So what, what, what do I do? Well, the answer is, I can't physically do Birchas Kahanim. The Vav K of Birchas Kahanim is off the table for me. But the Yud K of Birchas Kahanim, what Birchas Kahanim means spiritually, the Ahava, the Yira, the Avaida, whatever it means, that is exactly my obligation. And it might not, my, and my ability to connect, and, and ultimately Yud K is the Iker. Vav K is, is, is the branches, is the offshoot. No, part of Gullus is that we only see the Vav K, but if you connect to the Yud K, then you have everything. So your avoda is to figure out what mitzvahs mean, spiritually speaking, and then you could connect to every mitzvah in all situations, in all, in all, uh, in all times. By the way, this is, I, this is something we'll talk about. This is also, um, uh, you know, okay, um, we'll, we'll get to what I'm thinking in a moment. Again, so let's... mitzvahs that are practically applicable to? 100%. We talk about Shabbos, Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's what I was thinking in a second. We'll get to this. This is why... One of the other major points of, of contention was that Chassidim, uh, not all of them, but many, you know, dynasties of Chassidim, uh, were a little bit lax in terms of zmanim of davening. How's that work? Shachris is supposed to be done. There's a zman for shachris. The answer is, of course, there's a zman for shachris, but shachris has a yudke and a vavke. Shachris has a yudke and a vavke. The essential mission statement of the Baal Shem Tov is, is that even before Tchiyas HaMesim happens, the Avoid of the Baal Shem Tov was to begin to teach the Jewish people this new orientation of seeing mitzvahs predominantly from Yudke's perspective, and Vavke almost as secondary. The Vilna Gaon was, that, that is at the core of the opposition. The Vilna Gaon was opposed to that idea. Everyone agrees it's Yudke Vavke. And everyone agrees that all you see is Vavke and not Yudke. This is the Machlekes. According to Vilna Gain, the, the focal point until Tchiyas HaMesim should be Vavke, with a reminder that, by the way, you should just remember that behind the scenes there's stuff going on. And you can learn about it and be inspired by it. It's Kevaldik. But the Iker is Vavke. The Baal Shem Tev was from the other way. The Baal Shem Tev is trying to introduce the world to what life is going to be like post-Gula, which is what? That the Iker is Yudke, with of course Vavke, but the Iker is Yudke, and the Vavke is there to package the Yudke. You follow? It's, it, you could look at it in two ways. Either the, the main thing is Vavke with a, with a uh, flavoring of Yudke, or no, or the main thing is Yudke with a packaging of Vavke. The Vilna Gain said, Avodis Hashem is predominantly Vavke, predominantly the tangible, with a sprinkling and a flavoring of Yudke. So this is what it means. Dear B'tachtana means Yudke and Vavke. But the question is, how do you relate those two things? Is it going to be Iker Yudke, secondary Vavke, or vice versa? The Gain says the Iker is Vavke, Yudke is secondary. And therefore, when we talk about Zmanim, Shachar says Zman. But what does Shachar mean? So the Vilna Gain says Shachar means Vavke. The Chassidim say, yeah, Shachar says Zman. But Shachar is Yudke. So during the Zman of Shachar, of course, these tzaddikim are davening shachras, but the sitter's closed because they're doing whatever shachras means. That's what they're icing in. Once you have that, okay, vavke is the packaging. The packaging will take care of whenever uh, it could be hours later, because the ikur mitzvah is already done in terms of the machshava. Now, obviously, it goes without saying that could be completely abused 
So you have people that are just like officially chsidim, uh, so they don't care about the zmanim, even though it's a deacon that didn't care about the zmanim, they did not care about the zmanim, they were doing the tikkunim of shacharis by shacharis time. This is why you'll find that the hachana for a mitzvah is now essential by chsidim much more than by misnagdim, preparing yourself for the mitzvah. Why? Because it's not preparation. When you're preparing yourself for the mitzvah and you're getting involved with Ahava and Yira, that's Yudke. That's not a preparation. That is the essence of the mitzvah. The physical side is the packaging. And the Iker is going to be the Yudke. This is, this is, a, this is at the core of the Machlokes. And, and really it's not a Machlokes. It's a matter of, of what time period are you, are you trying to develop. If you're developing a Yiddishkeit during Golis, then the Iker is going to be Vavke, like the Vilna Gain. If you're trying to prepare the world for a post-Kula world, then the Iker is going to be Yudke, like the Balsham. It, it's also not a machlokes. It's just a matter of timing. Yeah. What's the significance of Hashem and to unite them together? They're happening anyway. Are they not happening? So on, on some level, it's happening. But by this, is what we're going to see by saying Hashem Yichud, it's not a matter of just saying it, but but trying to be conscious of it. You're bringing that out to the forefront, and that's what the Balshantiv is about: bringing this idea of the mitzvah really being a yudke vavke, bringing that out to the forefront. That's paving the way for Gula. So he says like this, This is the, uh, the meaning of that Gemara. When Rav Yosef said, When Rav Yosef said, By the way, that, that's maybe why you can say, why was it Rav Yosef, the one that said that mitzvahs won't exist? See, the way we're saying it is that it's funny. It's not mitzvahs won't exist. From the Baal Shem Tov's perspective, mitzvahs will finally be fully revealed by Tchia Samesim for what they really always were. But Rav Yosef is describing it from the perspective of Vavke, right? From the perspective of Vavke, says Rav Yosef, mitzvahs are not going to exist anymore. From the perspective of Yudke, they'll very much exist. They'll even more exist than, than they do now, right? So this is because Rav Yosef, as the word indicates, as the name indicates, is coming from the world of Mashiach ben Yosef. The Vilna Gaon identified himself as Mashiach ben Yosef. Mashiach ben Yosef is always Gaulus oriented Gaulus Yosef is always the Havayda of a Jew in exile. Yehuda, on the other hand, Mashiach ben David, that's always redemptive. So the Baal Shem Tev is a Mashiach ben David personality. The Vilna Gaon is Mashiach ben Yosef personality. Omer of Yosef. Rav Yosef says, mitzvahs will be batalas and lavai. Rav Yosef, who's coming from the world of Vavke, from that perspective of Vavke, mitzvahs won't exist anymore. But from the perspective of Mashiach ben David of Yehuda, Adarabah, mitzvahs are, 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 are more lost and than they are now. That's the difference. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, listen, I, th- this is the way I'm understanding. Um, to be honest, you, you will find uh, another svarm or by, by tzaddikim that they'll, they'll make the machlokes grind the balshem uh, more technical and kabbalah. They're actually disagreeing about something. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I don't understand such an approach. The, the way I understand is that there is no machlokes. It's just a matter of timing. It's a matter of avoda. There is no. Technical machlokes in Kabbalah. There is no technical machlokes in in, in 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 the system. It's just it's timing. It's timing. Are you oriented? Are you teaching Klal Yisrael how to live in Gullis? That's Yosef. Or are you teaching Klal Yisrael, preparing them for what's going to be after Gullis? And that's Yehuda. That's the difference in Avaida. But it's not uh, that again. You, 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 you can find other shiurim that will say not like that. This is you know you're here, so I'm telling you what I think. This is a this is a to me, what it seems like that. Say it again. So that could also be part of it, right? Uh, that could uh, that could very much be oriented towards uh, towards this perspective of like the the, the Torah is, you know, the the, the Maisa is sort of the lavush for the Talmud Torah. So in that perspective, like which one's greater, it could be a similar debate, you know, in that way, in that way. Okay, so let's see. Let's just finish off. Was that Kivan Ashas? This is what, what the Gemara means. Again, when the Gemara says, Ki ha-mitzis betelos as love, mitzis will become bottle in the next world. Shlo'yiv atar mitzis behelem. Says it all this from the perspective of the Baal Shem. It means that they won't, they will no longer be hidden. In other words, like, they won't be bottle, they'll be very revealed. They'll be, the, the, a hidden mitzvah will be bottle, right? And it's like, you know, uh, like, the, the, what, 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 what mitzvahs look like now, you won't, it won't be then. Rak begiloy adarab mitzvahs will be fully revealed as what they are. Kol adalat and they'll be revealed as yud kevavke. 
Umitam kiloyu hamitzvus bulvush gashmi rak ruchani, and because they won't be, they won't be, they won't be be experienced simply as a physical garment. Rather, you'll see the ruchnius of it. Ulakach beged shavu bakilayim, and that's why it says it all this. That's why of all the halachas to bring out this point, it's a halacha regarding a beged, right? Because that's the point. Mitzvus lasilavai, the beged will be taken away, and so this idea of of a beged. Having the halachic status of shanis and no longer having halachic status of shanis la thats the that's the halacha that we use as a as a way of revealing this idea that the lavush, the garments, which is the garment, the garment of Torah will be taken away or or transparent, right? Shleiyaz hamitzvus b'tar lavush ubeged. The mitzvus won't be seen anymore as just a garment. She is shaykh b'klaim that there should be such thing as klaim on it. After real, real, learning this entire klal, says it told us, and this is the orientation of the Baal Shem Tev, that the entire purpose of keeping mitzvahs and Torah and tefillah of people even nowadays, is in order to change what's physical into spiritual, to reveal the spiritual behind it. That's the tachlis now. Not, to, not for it to remain physical with a sprinkling of spirituality. But no, 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 that everything should be uplifted and oriented towards the spiritual. And that's why we have mitzvahs, which are so physical, and so on, to turn what's physical into spiritual. And now we could understand another statement of the Gemara, the Gemara says, Kola Isa mitzvah achas. The Gemara says, anyone that does one mitzvah, Mativan Lai will be given unbelievable good in this world and the next. One mitzvah? So said the told us it means like this, Ratzalaimer. If you turn mitzvah into achas, if you turn mitzvah into oneness, Ratzalaimer, Sheesh by Dalit Isis, you turn mitzvah into, into a singular word, which is which has four letters, meaning Bez Rishinus Bulvush, or Bez Achrainis Niglis, Gashmi. If you take the, the if you turn the Ruchni side of the mitzvah and the Gashmi side of the mitzvah and you unify them as one, in other words, revealing Yudke Vavki behind it, then you have good in this world and the next, because you unify this world and the next. That's what you're doing. So this is again going back. This is why saying L'Shem Yichud was such a huge point. It's not a secondary nakuda. This, this gets to the very core of the disagreement between the Gur and the Baal Shem. What life is about? What's the focal point of what is Hashem? So Bez Hashem next week, we'll, we'll go more deeper into uh, uh, this the L'Shem Yichud itself and the breakdown of Yudkei Vovke, and, and practically what a person should be thinking about and, and trying to feel uh, when you say L'Shem Yichud or when we're, uh, as you prepare yourself for a mitzvah. Okay, that's